you know, this team, man, knows how to just just suck the energy right out of you. They know how to just ruin your night. We'll talk about the Pistons' 46-point loss on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, check us out on YouTube at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. And man, listen. Like I said, man, this this team just knows how to just ruin your night. We're, I'm, I'm gonna try to make this one a quick podcast, man, because it's just it's 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 rough, man. I I this is this is why I don't get about this team. They can they go from like highs, like high highs, and then just hit like historically low lows. Like it's not. I'm not talking about just like regularly low. I'm talking about like historically low lows. I don't know how they lost by 46 points. If you didn't watch the game yesterday, you don't know what happened last night. The Detroit Pistons lost 133 to 87 to Chicago Bulls. 46-point loss. I'm, I'm recording this after the game. I still don't understand how this game became a 46-point loss. I I like I don't I don't see how this happened. So you think like this type of loss, a 46-point loss, 40 plus point, 30 plus point loss, all those kind of things. You think that it would be something that was building up throughout the game. Like it was like 10, 20, 30, and then just hovered around 30 or something throughout the game. And it just didn't happen like that. It didn't happen. It like came out of nowhere. It was just a straight avalanche that came like just fast as hell. I don't know how like the Pistons had this happen. They allowed 72 points in the second half to the Chicago Bulls. The Pistons scored 14 in the third quarter. The Pistons had 18 turnovers. I don't – I. I don't know how this. Ha- I, I I'm I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know how this happened. They turned the ball over 18 times. They had the uh, the Bulls had 27 points off of turnovers, which is just that's not great. But it's like the Pistons had 24 points off of turnovers, so it's not like you know that kind of evened itself out because the Bulls also turned it over 17 times. But like I don't. They turned it over a lot in that third quarter. The Pistons. They came out at halftime and turned the ball over the first three possessions of the game. Uh, the first three possessions of the second half. And from then on, it was just like they gave up. It was just like it's over with. It is what it is. After the third turnover, uh, the Bulls scored. Dwayne Casey called the timeout, subbed out. Killian, Isaiah Stewart, and Hamadou Diallo brought in Lyles, Saban, and I think I think it was – um, what's the two-way guy, the, the 10-day contract? Cassius Stanley, I believe. Oh, no, no, Josh Jackson came in. And I guess that was like tried to inject some energy into it and, and erase what happened at the beginning of the third, but it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse uh, to a point where it got up to 47 points. Um, and yeah, man, I, 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 I'm struggling to find anything to say to you guys positive about this game because, you know, this is the part that hurts the most about this game. This is, this is what really hurts me deep to my core is that through the first half, it was going to be a happy episode for Cooper Hill. I was going to come on here. I was going to be happy. It was going to be a fun episode. 
Because in that first half, they were running pick and rolls heavy again. And they staggered Killian and Cade how we had been asking them all season. Take Killian or Cade out early. Let Killian run the first quarter. Cade comes back in at the beginning of the second quarter. He runs it himself. And then Killian comes back in at like the seven-minute mark, six-minute mark. That's exactly what they did for the first time all season. Killian looked much better. in the. They were giving him high pick and rolls, a lot of pick and rolls. And he was looking really good doing it. He finished the game with eight points, five assists, four steals, and three rebounds. So it's like through that first half, I thought we were going to have a fun episode. I thought we were going to have a fun podcast. And then it did, the Pistons completely just crapped the bed after that. It was it was a pathetic performance by the Pistons in that second half. Unacceptable, embarrassing. And again, this is this is something that I just, we said this on a few podcasts ago, but I'm gonna say it again right here. I'm really getting sick of the Pistons getting embarrassed. Like that that's my thing. And, and you know, we, we've said that twice now because in the past week and a half they've been embarrassed multiple times. They don't just lose. They don't just get blown out. Like the Bulls were out there basically doing like Harlem Harlem Globetrotters type of stuff. Like it was I, they, they were embarrassing the Pistons. I don't understand how the Pistons like I'm not joking like at a certain point if I was out there I might have to, you know, deliver an elbow or something to someone's back. Like, I, you have to do something. Like, you can't keep getting embarrassed like that. Like, they were hitting three after three after three. Zach Levine attempted two dunks. He missed one of them and was just trying to stunt on you guys. You had Lonzo out there throwing flashy passes. In that third quarter, they were basically just stunning on the Pistons again. I That's the part I don't like. If you're going to get blown out, okay, that's fine. But then the fact that each time the Pistons get blown out, the other team takes it upon themselves like, add a little bit more salt into it and like add a little more bravado and start like stunning on the Pistons and they just don't care. It's like, that's, that's the thing that really like rubs me the wrong way. Like you got, you can't keep letting that happen. And it happened again tonight. It was a rough game. We'll dive in more into the individual performances at the end of the podcast. In the final segment, we'll touch on, I guess some kind of positive you can take away from the game. Um, but it, there's, it, I don't feel right talking about anything positive, to be honest. Like, you guys know that I wanted to come on here and talk about how good Killian Hayes had looked and how Killian was looking much more aggressive in the pick and roll more than we've ever seen him. He was searching for his own All those kind of things with Killian, because it really looked like it was going to be a really good game. But I don't feel right talking about that, because in a 46-point loss, you can't sit here and say anything positive about anything. So, sadly, this is going to be another negative podcast, and I, you know, I don't, I don't do this. It's not me. Don't get mad at me. You want to be mad at somebody for, for things being negative all the time? Be mad at the Pistons. Be mad at Dwayne Casey. Be mad at those guys. Because it's not me. I just have to talk about what happened. And there's nothing happy that happened last night for the Detroit Pistons. So when we come back, we'll dive into the individual performances and, you know, talk about the turnover, some Cade and the pick and roll uh, or lack thereof pick and roll success with Isaiah Stewart with the off-ball defense, the Hamadou Diallo, the lack of bench, the, the Trey Lyles, the design, he's Michael, all those things. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about everything in that second segment. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. Pistons fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Price Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out yet, you're missing out. I'm telling you, you are going to love this app for NBA and mixed sports pickups. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only scoring a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of on points, assists, rebounds, threes made, and more. 
all of our users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and over under in the projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks allows mixed sports entries, so like when the Lions season was currently going, you could take the over on Jared Goff's passing yards and the under on Kate Cunningham's points. In the same bet, use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. PrizePix also is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So go to prizepix.com today and use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app. Again, use promo code MBA for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button over there. It's the best way to support the podcast. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll continue talking about this horrific loss the Pistons had. Um, there's there's multiple angles you can go here with, with negativity here. You you can There's not much good to pull from this. So you can start with the fact that Kate Cunningham had six turnovers, and really he led the way. Uh, with the the lack of taking care of the ball and the, and the reckless passing. Uh, but some of it, a lot of it was enforcing some stuff, but there is definitely at least like three of those turnovers as well that was on lack of chemistry and a lack of, how do I say this like the nicest way I can say this? A, a lack of chemistry and a lack of capability in the pick and roll from Isaiah Stewart. But before we get to that, because that part is going to be what I want to spend the majority of the second segment on. But there's other things, too. Hamdou Diallo has probably the worst off-ball defense of anyone on the Pistons. Uh, they didn't just turn the ball over in that third quarter. They turned it over a little bit in the first half, too. But their defense was just so horrifically bad. And a lot of it stems from Diallo just not rotating and ball-watching and not switching on screens or not showing much energy off ball when it comes to like rotations or anything. He's, he's just, he's really bad off ball when he's on ball at the point of attack. He's decent. He plays strong. He gets into the guys and he's decent, but off ball, he's horrific. He's absolutely horrific. And you go, you, why did I, I don't know what was going on there with my voice, but you guys don't understand. Like if you, this next game, you guys watch, just watch him do Diallo off ball. And I promise you at least like, 12 points are converted because of Hamdou Diallo and his lack of rotations. Like you guys will see on drive, driving kicks. When you see guys rotating, you're wondering why are the Pistons constantly having to rotate like this, blah, blah. Why is the team getting open threes? I can guarantee you it's almost always starting off with Hamdou Diallo, not making his rotation. Someone else having to make it for him. And then it's just out out of sorts after that. So that's something that absolutely has to be taken care of. Screw the offense. Screw, Screw the offense. Diallo can't be out there on the floor playing heavy minutes if he's out there playing like that off ball defensively. That that's it. That it's really bad. It's bad. I'm telling you, just the next game you guys watch, next Pistons game on Friday, just watch him do Diallo off ball and just watch how many points are made by the opposing team simply because of his lack of attention or lack of rotation or simply laziness. I don't know what you want to call it, but that that can't keep happening. That's it's been the story all season, but really it was. I, I noticed it really. Really bad uh, last night against the Bulls. Um, Trey Lyles, he, he's he's Trey Lyles. He has the confidence of Michael Jordan. And, you know, when he's hitting shots, 
you take in everyone acts like Trey Lyles is amazing. And you have everyone acting like he's the savior and he's, Oh, you can't critique Trey Lyles for taking these shots because he's you, look how good he's playing. He's scoring 14 points. All right. Well, you know, uh, bad process is because it leads to good results. Sometimes doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of the shots that he took tonight, not only were bad shots, they stopped the ball movement and it just resulted in him trying to go isolation and do his own thing. And it just, that's why, and we've said this on the podcast before. I, the reason why Trey Lyles has good on-off numbers, I feel like, and the reason why the offense simply looks better with him at the five at, at times, is not because Trey Lyles is good. It's not because he's hitting outside shots. He's hitting, he's shooting 30% from deep. So it's not like he's doing anything, anything great or he's really playing well. It's simply because at least he'll try to score. They have to at least respect him and know that he's going to try to score. And that right there just changes things. That's the only reason why, which is why I can't wait to see Bobo show up. So maybe he takes some of Trey Lyles' minutes, or maybe not because Bobo can't really play five. But I, I can't wait till the Pistons find like a five, like to get get Trey Lyles out of there because I really do believe that this is not because the Pistons are not better with Trey Lyles on the force because Trey Lyles is good. It's simply because he's the only five on the team right now who offers any kind of threat offensively. Simply because they know he's going to try to score. That's all it is, and I can't keep watching it. I can't. Every now and then he'll have a good game. He'll have a good stretch. But just because he's making it sometimes doesn't make it pretty. It's never good. It's it's just I can't. I can't keep doing it with him. Cassin Stanley went out there, got seven shots up. He shot one of seven. Luca Garza got really obliterated defensively in his few minutes. He played 10 minutes. But in those few minutes, they destroyed him in the pick and roll, and it was ugly. Josh led the team in 16 points. But even his play wasn't good. Like, it was a lot of forcing by him, a lot of bad turnovers by him, a lot of over-aggression by him. That's really why he scored 16 points, simply because he was being over-aggressive and just happened to get the ball and, and shoot it a lot of times and continue to be aggressive. But it really wasn't that great of a game by him anyways. K didn't have a good game. He shot 3 of 11 from the floor. A lot of his turnover, a lot of the Pistons' turnover problems started with him. Sadiq Bey shot 5 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 10 from deep. He really struggled to get anything going. And then now we'll, we'll circle back to what I really want to talk about, and that's the lack of chemistry with Cade Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart in the pick and roll. And this falls back not just on Cade and, their, and Isaiah Stewart's lack of chemistry, but it really just circles back to what we've been talking about all year on the podcast, and that's simply the Pistons don't have anyone as a pick and roll threat. Now, in the first quarter, which is what made me really excited, and I thought I was going to come on this podcast to be happy, was the fact in the first quarter they ran heavy pick and rolls. At the end of the first quarter, the score was 28 to 27. Killian Hayes was playing extremely well. He was finding guys open. He was taking aggressive shots. It was working. The offense was running fluidly. And Isaiah Stewart scored 10 points because he was extremely active and involved because they were running pick and rolls, and it was getting him open buckets. They also played a little bit faster, and he got a bucket on uh, on a fast break. But getting him involved in the pick and roll, he ended up having a good quarter because of it. Now, that does not mean he was a good pick and roll guy, as you saw with the rest of the game. He's just not a good pick and roll player. He's he's not a good screener. He's not a good roller. And the problem here is, and I, I was going to tweet about this at the beginning of the game because it happened a few times, but he was playing a good game, so I didn't want to come off as a hater. But the rest of the game showed what I was going to talk about. There's, there's, there's a few things. First is, his lack of explosion is really, really shown. And you guys can watch this in future games. You guys want to pay attention to it. It's really shown 
when he takes his pump fake and takes a dribble in. When he gets the ball on a dump off or he gets a, the ball on a, on a quote-unquote roll, that's not really a roll. It's him kind of like they jog into the basket. But he kind of is rolling to the rim. He Usually what he does is his go-to move. He pump fakes and then takes a dribble into a dude's body, which it can work if you can explode off that dribble and then take advantage of the space you created off the bump. His lack of explosion is always showcased there because even though he creates some space with his with the bump to the body because he's strong, he can't jump. He can't jump off of it. So he's just stuck on the ground, and either one, he gets blocked, or two, he just doesn't go up with it, and he kicks it back out, and it's like a, la- a waste of a possession. It's a waste of a pick-and-roll attempt. It's just bad. So that's that's one thing that really stands out with Isaiah Stewart in the pick-and-roll. He just lacks any kind of explosion, and he can't take advantage of any advantages created by either his teammates or even himself. He can't. He just can't take advantage of it. And then second, you guys who have been listening to the Lockdown Pistons podcast since I took over last year, you guys will remember I brought this up last year, and people got at me because I compared it to Thon Maker. Now we are into this season, and now I see people realizing the same thing, and I called it out last season. His hands. Isaiah Stewart not only is not explosive, but his hands are extremely, extremely questionable. And it came off, it happened, I should say, or showed off. That's the word. That's the words I'm looking for. On multiple, multiple possessions tonight. There was one in the second quarter when Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes ran a pick and roll, and Killian Hayes was able to get Isaiah Stewart a wide open look underneath the rim. He got both guys to commit to him, gave him a nice pass, wide open look underneath the rim. Isaiah Stewart, he didn't just drop it. Which this this is the crazy part to me. I don't know how this happened, but he didn't just drop it. It's like he almost like spiked it back at him, like he was playing volleyball. He like spiked it back at Killian Hayes. The ball went flying up into the air, and the Bulls took it. That was an easy two hand pass right to your right to your chest. He has to catch that one. He had an easy dunk right there. Another one. Cade and him just simply have bad chemistry in the pick and roll. Cade driving to the rim off a pick and roll, tried to give him a bounce pass, didn't work. Next time down, Cade tried gives him a wraparound pass. He drops that one. Cade tries throwing a lob to him. That one doesn't get converted. Then, like, the fourth time, I believe, like, four of Kate's turnovers came from him trying to find a way to work it with Isaiah Stewart. He then tries again to do, like, a Steve Nash type of dribble around the baseline and bounce past it. And Isaiah Stewart fumbles that one, too. And you can see on the faces and the way they were reacting. And you guys know, like I said, I, pay, I love paying attention to the way guys react and their emotions on the floor. You can see on the faces of Keelan Hayes and Kate Cunningham how frustrated they were getting by this. They were getting really frustrated. And that's something that the Pistons and we're just going to have to watch throughout the year. It's, I don't think it's going to change unless Isaiah Stewart just gets way better hands or they make a trade for a big guy, which I don't think, I don't know if they're going to do that. Who knows if they do it? I wouldn't be shocked if they don't. Uh, but it's just that that's something you're going to continue to see. And that's going to be the argument against running pick and rolls. That's, that's probably why they don't run heavy pick and rolls, but the counter argument against not running pick and rolls is that you can have a first quarter like you did, and you're going to put Keelan Hayes and Kay Cunningham in positions to succeed because they're better in the pick and roll. Now, you're going to have a mixed bag likely over and over because Stu will have a good quarter where he catches passes and is able to finish, and you'll have have quarters, uh, halves, games where Stu just isn't able to catch anything and he can't really properly roll the basket. And it's it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be frustrating on both ends, but. I don't know what else to give you guys on that. I, you know, I don't don't know what else to tell you guys about that one. I love the fact that they were running pick and rolls a lot, but 
it was a mixed bag. First quarter it worked, and then the rest of the game you really saw how badly they need a pick-and-roll big guy. And you saw the deficiencies of Isaiah Stewart straight up on display. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is. When we come back, I'll talk about the one positive I saw from this game, and it, it is Killian Hayes. So if you guys don't want to hear about Killian Hayes, you guys don't have to continue listening. But it's the one positive that can be taken away from this game. So we'll talk about that when we come back, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you guys a little bit about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's all the chocolate at? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret treat stashes. At home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary and calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new and limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. So, go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's LOCK15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 season. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, check out their new update desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but we'll wrap up the podcast quickly here. The one positive that I'm taking away from this game. And, you know, I, I interacted with a lot of you guys on Twitter. And a lot of you guys were feeling the same way. So I don't think this one, you know, I've been getting accused of, you know, being too much of a fan of Killian Hayes and giving him props for small things, even though, I don't feel like I do that. I, I feel like I just keep it real. But either way, I, a lot of people saw this positive, and that's why I feel like this loss or this the way things went in the second half really hurts the most. Because in the first half, the Pistons were running heavy pick and rolls with Killian Hayes. And if you guys remember a few podcasts ago, I said, Killian Hayes will not work out in Detroit if he becomes a good player. It's not guaranteed he becomes a good player. He could become a bust. He may just be a bust. But – he has no chance of becoming that good player. He has a chance of being in the role that they were having him in when he's just exclusively an off-ball player. And he has 
no pick and roll touches and no on ball touches, it's not going to work in Detroit like that. It just won't happen. And since then, in the two games they've played, since I said that, they've run a lot of pick and rolls for Keelan Hayes, and he's looked much more aggressive and much more comfortable in that role. Again, he had eight points, he had five assists, four steals, three rebounds, and really, I don't know where I find potential assists at, but he really probably should have had like 11 assists because he got dudes wide open shots. He got Isaiah Stewart a few wide open looks under his basket. He just dropped. Sadiq Bay missed a, wide open, a few wide open corners threes. So he should have had more assists, but the offense was simply running more smoothly with Killing Hayes running in the pick and roll. And we saw more aggressive shots from him that I think we've seen in a long time. We saw all four of his shots were uh, two-pointers, and they all were aggressive finishes around the rim. I really love seeing that from him. He, one of them came off a of steal, but the other ones were all aggressive finishes around the rim. He had one scoop layup with his left hand that I've been begging for him to incorporate in his bag because he often beats guys off the dribble. He just like tries to fade away from the basket when he could just go under guys and scoop it. He's had one scoop layup. He had one physical layup over, um, I forget who the defender was, but he finished over a guy and then he went straight at Vucevic in the paint and finished over him as well. So, he had some good finishes in the paint. He was playing much more aggressive. He was finding open guys, and the Pistons' offense looked a lot better when he was running the show in the pick and roll, creating shots for everybody. And again, I told you guys, that's how you're going to find out if he will be a good player. He shot 4 of 11 from the field tonight. He missed all four of his threes. If he doesn't improve on those percentages and he sees them from now, two seasons from now, playing this type of way, then you'll know that he's not that good of a player. But you already saw, you've already seen jumps in play from simply three games ago when everyone was losing their mind about Killian and he didn't touch the ball much, to now you see people saying, oh, if he can just be this aggressive, we would, you, you can see the progress. Like It all comes down to how they're going to use him. If they use him like they did tonight in the first half, which I was extremely happy seeing, then you'll have good things. And then the last thing I guess I'll say that's a positive is I don't think they'll do this again. I think this was only because Corey Joseph was out. But they staggered Cade and Killian really well tonight. I think this is the best job they've done staggering Killian and Cade. They played Killian for the first 10 minutes of the game, brought Cade in at the two-minute mark, and then brought Killian back in at like around the seven-minute mark. And it really gave them both plenty of time to not only play off of each other when they were on the court, but gave both of them a, a, a large amount of time to play by themselves with the ball in their hands. And one of the criticisms that I've had, you guys will remember, is that even when they have tried to stagger them, they don't make them the focal point of the of the offense when they're out there by themselves. T- last night, they did in the first half. Killing when he was out there by himself, he was running the pick and roll, running the action. The offense looked good. Kate was out there running the action, running the pick and rolls and stuff. The offense looked good. Like, I thought that was their best job that they had done. Dwayne Casey's best job he's done at staggering Killing and Kate and making them the point of emphasis when they are staggered out there. But outside of that, I really don't have anything else uh, positive to say about this game. That's it. I don't even like saying that thing. Like, you guys know that I'm high on Killian Hayes, but I don't even feel right saying those positives about what I saw from him because in a 46-point loss, everyone has to play better. Every single person out there. Killian could have cut down his turnovers, three turnovers. He could have made one of his threes, two of his threes. He could have gave, gave, given a little bit more effort defensively. K could have cut down his turnovers. Sadiq could have cut down on some turnovers. He could have hit a few more shots. Hamadou Diallo could have played better defense. Isaiah Stewart could catch some passes. The entire bench could have showed any kind of effort defensively and cohesion offensively. Like the entire roster that played tonight from top to bottom needs to play better than they did last night. I don't care what happened in the first half, honestly. So, I, like I said, I didn't feel happy. I, I, I Honestly, 
I wanted to be happy about what I saw in the first first half, but that's 46 points is insane. 46 points is insane, and it's there's no excusing around it, and there's no way around it. It, it was an awful loss by the Pistons, terrible loss, and this is probably going to be some film that they're going to end up having to burn and just act like never happened because that's how bad it was. Yes, it was the second half of a back-to-back. That's not an excuse. It just isn't. This team's young. They're not old. This is not a team that runs guys heavy minutes or something like 40. Like, they don't do any of that. There was no excuse. And you had it at nine points at halftime. You just came out in the third quarter lazy and turned the ball over a ton. That's not an excuse, a back-to-back. It's not. It's not an excuse. It's terrible. But is what it is. The Pistons play again on Friday. It sounds like that Bull Bull may play on Friday. Uh, for his first game in a Pistons uniform, he's going to get some practice run on Wednesday, Dwayne Casey said, and they'll see how his conditioning is before deciding if he plays Friday. Uh, but I, I, would, I would assume that he does play Friday, hopefully. Uh, so we'll see what happens then. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. Head to the YouTube channel. Hit the, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Best way to support the podcast. And, yeah, sorry that we all had to witness that game yesterday. It was tough. It was a bad game, awful game, and hopefully we don't have to witness something like that again. Until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe. And go Pistons.